thank you, Brother David. You can just remain standing. Psalms 81 this morning. And uh, boy, I thank the Lord for the good service we've had thus far. Amen. Psalms chapter 81. And I do want to mention while you're turning there that uh, we will be starting our Bible college spring semester back here at the end of February. So we want to encourage you, uh, if you don't know about our Bible college, you can pick up one of our uh, handouts uh, on, the, on the way out at the welcome desk. And uh, even if you don't, uh, if you, even if you don't plan on coming, pray for the Bible College and pray for those that are teaching and those that will be coming. That God will just continue to send out good men that love the Lord and want to preach the Word of God. Psalms chapter number eighty-one this morning. If I can find it, Amen. Hey, y'all ever having trouble finding it in the Word of God? Psalms eighty-one. Now y'all are already there, and I'm still digging. Okay. Psalms 81, and I know what's in there, hallelujah. And we'll begin reading in verse number 8 this morning. Psalms 81 and verse number 8. The Bible says, Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken unto my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. Let's bow for a word of prayer, then you can be seated. Father, we come into your presence this morning realizing, God, that we need you. Lord, we realize this morning that without you there is no preaching. God, we pray that you'll give us that special touch this morning. I pray you'll help us to say only the things that you would want us to say. Lord, may we not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. God, I ask you to work in all of our lives, save the lost, reclaim the backslid. God, I pray you'd stir the waters of revival in our soul this morning. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention to verse... Uh, number 10 this morning. As the Bible says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. That is our verse, and that is our theme uh, for this upcoming year, and what we believe God wants us to do. And I'm preaching on that subject this morning, on believing God for big things. Believing God for big things. And when you think about Psalms chapter 81 this morning, uh, this psalm can be broken into three parts. In verses one through four, it deals with the feast of our Lord. Notice the Bible says, sing unto the Lord God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel and the pleasant harp with a psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed and our solemn feast. For this was a statue for Israel and a law of God of Jacob. So uh, the first four verses has to do with the feast of the Lord. And then verses five through seven has to do with the favor of the Lord. As he said, this he ordained in Joseph for a testimony. And he went out through the land of Egypt where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved 
remove thee at the waters of Meribah. And so what is God saying? He talks about the feast of the Lord. He talks about the favor of the Lord, how that God told them to come and to worship in their times of feast because it was a time of remembrance of what God had done for the nation of Israel. And it was also a time of promise for them to not only look back and see what he had done, but for them to look forward and see what he had promised. You see, what God had already proven himself to them as to what his power and his love and his grace was. And that should have been enough for Israel to have looked ahead and said what he did back then, he's able to do in the future. You know, that same thing is true about us today. And this psalm deals with the feast of God. It deals with the favor of God. And then it deals with the fear of God or the fear of the Lord in our text throughout the remaining part of this passage because what verses eight through 16 really deals with, it deals with the commandments that was received for them to hearken to the voice of God. And then it deals with those commandments that were rejected. Israel was given those commandments. All they had to do was to hearken to the voice of Moses, the man of God. Listen to their preacher and listen more importantly to the precepts that had been given, but they would not listen. And because they rejected the word of God, the Bible says they rejected the man of God. I'm telling you, if God's man is God's mouthpiece, listen, he is not God by no means. But if he's preaching, thus saith the Lord, if he's preaching the word of God, you and I will do well to listen to what he is saying, not because it's him, but because of who it is that is saying it through him. And what happened to Israel is a text that should have been triumph. All of a sudden, it was turned into tragedy. There was opportunities that were lost. They wouldn't believe God for bigger things. And because of that, their children was enslaved. They were taken into captivity and the victory was turned into defeat because they would not listen to what God has said. Is that not where we're living today in our churches? Brother, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter that we have the right book and it does matter that we have the right songs and it does matter that we have the right standards, but it's got to be more than that. We've got to take to heart what is being said. We've got to take the preaching and put it in a shoe leather and it's got to be practiced in order for it to be principles in our life, amen. We're living in a society today that is lacking those things. And because of that, verse number 13 tells us that because Israel rejected the commandments of God, they lost out morally. In verse number 13, he said, oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. They lost out militarily in verse number 14 and 15. He said, I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. Notice it said the haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. There's a lot of should have beens in verse number 14 and 15. There's a lot of victories that should have been won, that God would have gave them the victory, but they wouldn't believe God for bigger things. They wouldn't step forward. They wouldn't move on. And because of the rebellion and their rejection, they lived in defeat. Amen. They lost out morally, they lost out militarily, and then they lost out materially. In verse number 16, he said he should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. God said they shouldn't have been eating manna and quail all the time. They shouldn't have had leeks and garlics. What they should have had was honey. They should have had fine wheat, but they had to step out and believe God. They had to move forward. They had to go to something bigger than 
where they was at, their failure to trust and their failure to move on was to their own demise. I'm preaching on that subject, believing God for big things. You see, when we fail to heed what has been said, it's not the preacher that loses. If the preacher don't heed, then he loses. But if you don't heed the preaching this morning, it's an individual thing. If you don't take the counsel that's given from this pulpit, then this morning, it's not on me, it's on you this morning. And so it is with me. If I don't take the the message that God has given me to preach, if I say, well, I'm gonna preach what I wanna preach or I'm gonna say what I wanna say or I'm gonna say what I think they wanna hear, then it's on me, not you. This morning, we all have a responsibility. We all, my friend, must heed the word of God and failure to listen and failure to learn will result in absolute failure every time in our life. The question that comes to my mind this morning is Israel. What are the reasons for why you wouldn't believe God for bigger things? Why, Israel, would you not step out when you'd seen so much? I mean, this takes faith uh, to believe God. Uh, Listen, this takes uh, a focus. You must uh, focus your attention on what God said, not what people say around you. Can I just stop and say this? We live in a world today where everybody's a counselor and everybody's got advice, amen? Can I tell you the best thing to do? Get you a divorce from public opinion. Don't listen to Hollywood. Don't listen to people down at the job. Uh, Hey, don't even listen to other church members, amen? Do you know who's been given the liberty to give counsel inside the church. It's the pastor, it's the deacons, amen. It is those elder brothers and those elder sisters and they're to even be in their place. But if you're not an elder brother, an elder sister, if you're not a deacon or you're not a pastor or a pastor's wife, then you ought to keep your counsel to yourself. Somebody say amen. You say, well, I just think I've got something good to say. That's all the more reason you ought to not be saying anything. You just need to walk with God. Keep your mouth shut. Let those who are in authority do what God has asked them to do because you'll make an awful mistake. Hallelujah. Am I telling it right this morning? And the problem here was they wouldn't heed the counsel. You say, preacher, why would you say what you just said? It's because too many times me or my wife or these deacons have tried to help people but somebody else got in the way. Can I get a witness on this? They already gave counsel. I don't tell you, there's somebody completely out of church that used to go to this church. Because while we were praying about the counsel to give, counsel was given and it was the wrong counsel. And we lost them. I remember a man came to me one time. He said, I want to talk to you about something. And I was at the church that I was a member of. He said, I, I, I need you to help me. And he began to talk to me. I said, brother, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, you go talk to the pastor. I was quiet right now, but it's going to get quieter. He said, he said well, I, I really have confidence in you. I said, I appreciate that, but you need to go talk to the pastor. And after the third time, he got aggravated with me. Finally, I told him, I said, brother, I am not your pastor. I'm a member of this church. 
He said, well, preacher, could you have helped him? I don't know if I could have helped him or not. But the thing was, it wasn't my place to help him. He had a pastor. I didn't want, if I gave him the wrong counsel, what I thought might have been right. Listen, I, and it got back to the pastor and he went off at the deep end or something happened or I muddied the waters up. I didn't want my pastor coming to me and saying, hey, what was you doing talking to him? You should have been praying for him. That may be a little too tight for some of you, but just hang on to your tonsils. It'll be all right. I'm just telling you this morning, friend, there there's one pastor in every church. There's deacons in a church. And too many times people get themselves in a mess because they think they're Dr. Phil or Oprah Winfrey or somebody else. And can I just say this? Follow the instruction of the man of God. Follow the instruction of the Bible and divorce yourself from what everybody else says or thinks. Amen. My children were, when I was raising my kids, I listened to the man of God, I read the Bible, I prayed, I talked to my wife, did I do everything right? No, we didn't. But I'm gonna tell you what I didn't do. I didn't listen to what everybody said about how to raise your children. I read books on child rearing, but I didn't swallow everything they put in them books either, amen? I'm gonna tell you what I did, I stayed on my knees and she stayed on her knees and we begged God for wisdom and we begged God for counsel and we didn't take everything everybody said, but what we did do was we tried to raise them to the best of our ability with the help of God and the help of the pastor. And I'm telling you, friend, it works. What I'm preaching this morning is not popular, but it's in that book and it still works. If you want to do right, get in the word of God and stay with the right counsel in life. I don't know why I'm preaching that part, but I'm glad I did. Don't y'all feel better? Why did they get in the shape they got in? Three reasons. It's in our text this morning. Why would Israel not believe God for bigger things? They had a great man of God. They had heard the message from God, the Ten Commandments. Wouldn't you have liked to have had Moses as a pastor? I mean, wouldn't you like to sit under Moses' counsel and preaching and teaching? He loved them, he prayed for them. They had the right word. God was moving. God was speaking. They saw miracles. They saw the mighty hand of God working on their behalf. They had everything at their disposal to step out and to claim the promise and believe God for bigger things, but yet they would not. Why not? Three things, the same three things as to why people choose not to believe God for bigger things today. I want to say number one this morning, it was because of their stubbornness. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 11. God said, but my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would none of me. What that means is Israel had done made their mind up that no matter what God said, no matter what Moses said, and no matter what God had done, their mind was already made up. They were gonna do what they thought was right. Do you know the Bible said in 1 Samuel 15 and verse number 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. Hey, I wanna tell you something. God has magnified his word above his name. And when a word has been given through the man of God, then it'll never be out of the bounds with this book, amen. I'm not preaching anything to you, nor have I, that we cannot find in the word of God. I don't want to be that foolish this morning. I just want to simply say what God says. But whenever the preacher preaches the word of God, you and I have a responsibility not to bow up, amen. Not to get mad. Not to listen. Go out and pout about it or blow up about it. I'm telling you what stubbornness is. We're never more like the devil than when we're stubborn. Amen. I'm telling you, you said it's as witchcraft and it's as idolatry. You young people, listen to me this morning. If you want God's blessing in your life, then you've got to rip the stubbornness out of your hearts. I want to tell you, 
We preach to young people. But can I be honest with you as a pastor? In 2019, we 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 used to, all, all the trouble came from the youth department. Now it comes from the young adults. Isn't, it, isn't that sad? Now I hope y'all give me more amens than this because I'm preaching to 1215 this morning. So you might as well settle in with me for a little while and throw some amens even if you don't mean it. I'll still take them anyway. I'm just saying this morning, the hypocrisy of stubbornness is when you can see the stubbornness in others, but you cannot see it in your own life. You ought to pray, God, show me if there's any stubbornness in my heart. Help me to listen to the counsel. Help me to listen to the preaching of the word of God. It'll lead you down the wrong path. It'll ruin your life. I'm telling you, the salvaging of my life and ministry has been the men of God that have stood up and preached the Bible. They preached without the fear and the favor of man. They told it like it is. They wasn't worried about my feelings. They was worried about my faith. They was worried about my family. They was worried about pointing me in the right direction. It was up to me whether or not I was going to listen. But I'm telling you, friend, they were willing to preach. I want to say thank God for a meal of God. Hallelujah. I was raised in a generation and I'm not that old this morning but it's the tide has turned very quickly. I was raised in a generation where the man of God was right. The man of God was respected. The man of God was feared. The man of God, somebody held his hands up. Somebody prayed for him and when he rebuked you, you didn't get mad. You got right with God. Hallelujah. I've come too far down life road at this point to worry about a crowd or a paycheck, amen? I'm telling you, friend, I'm not talking about being mean-spirited this morning, but I'm telling you, we are in a battle today. If you had seen what I've seen in the last two years, I'm not in authority by no means, but I've watched good churches be ripped apart. I've watched men quit the ministry. I've watched pastors' wives leave their husbands. I've watched pastors quit and go get a job because they couldn't handle the pressure. They couldn't handle the the aggravation and the frustration. You say, preacher, you ever thought about quitting? No, by the grace of God. But I tell what I thought about. I thought about strangling a few people, amen. (laughs) Y'all with me this morning? I don't want to quit. I just like to choke the life nearly out of a few people. Make them feel better than me too. Brother, you're going to have to have some alligator hide if you're going to pastor nowadays. But I'm telling you, we're going to keep it the way it's always been. Somebody say amen. You say, well, it's not for me. Well, it may not be, but we're not changing. Somebody say amen. We're gonna keep it old school around here like it always has been. And while I'm on it, I might as well knock down every stalk I see in the pathway. I'm telling you, friend, the way it's always been around here is the man of God's not always right, but he's always respected, amen. He's always supported. Listen, I don't wanna be lifted up on a pedestal. I don't want you stuffing dollar bills in my pocket. I want you to pray for me. I want you to stand behind me. I want to plow the same row. I want to go in the same direction. I want to fight the same battle, but we're going to stand and we're going to stay right in these last days. I want these young people and young adults today, I want you to understand God will be good to you for staying with your preacher. I would bring somebody in to preach it, Brother Dave, but I think that'd be hypocrisy. I might as well preach it. I'm telling you this morning, I remember my pastor taught me as a teenage boy. He taught me to listen to him. He'd tell me things like this. Boy, if you don't do right, I'm gonna whip you. What about that? He didn't even ask my parents. And I believed him. I think he would have whipped me. You say, did he ever whip you? No, I scared to death of him. I think he meant what he said. 
And brother, thank God, he wasn't trying to be mean to me. He's trying to keep me out of hell. He's trying to keep me out of sin. And I'm telling you, we need to get back to those days. Brother, I'm telling you, sometimes a man of God may do things you don't understand. Just swallow it and go on. You say, well, what if you're not right, preacher? I'll tell you why. If I'm not right, God will deal with me. He always does, amen. Now, I'm not gonna sign checks and I'm not gonna get up here and tell you we're gonna spend a half a million dollars without voting on it. Somebody say amen. There's order in the house of God. But when it comes to spiritual matters, amen, if I see somebody drifting, you better believe I'm gonna go to them. If I see somebody dabbling in sin, I'm not gonna preach to the whole crowd. I'm gonna go to them. I'm not gonna give some hidden message in a sermon and try to see if you can figure it out. A man of God that loves you and prays for you, he'll watch for your soul. And brother, listen, he'll face to face, eyeball to eyeball. He'll try to help you, will be his heart, amen. And while I'm on the subject, Sometimes I hear, I heard a little bit of complaining. I think it's all right to preach on things you hear. Heard a little bit of complaining about Brother Gravely don't always tell us everything. Well, Brother Gravely don't always know everything. Not putting it, I, I, let me tell you something. I'm putting the whole church on notice right now that anything's liable to happen at any time. And you may find out two seconds before it's time for you to take place and do whatever you're going to do. Just be happy that you're getting to serve Jesus. Amen. You say, well, what I mean is if I ask Brother Bab to sing a song, I'm not going to ask you to sing a song you never heard. But if I ask you to sing Amazing Grace, just come on up here and sing Amazing Grace. You say, well, preacher, I didn't practice it. Don't matter. I don't get to practice on my text. Amen. When God says you're not preaching that sermon, just go ahead and preach this sermon. I don't say, well, God, I didn't practice. I'm not ready. Now do practice. You know I believe in practice. Amen. Now listen, that's if I call on you. But don't just get up here and wing one unless the Lord's in it. Amen. You ought to put everything you got in it. I'm just saying when a man of God asks you to do something, you ought to do it and not bellyache and whine and grumble and gripe and fuss about it. You ought to just do it. Amen. You say, preacher, have you heard anything? Well, hurt a little bit, but I ain't heard as much as I'm preaching on. I'm just knocking everything down. That's what we're doing so we can have revival. Let's just turn every stone up. Let's get with the man of God. Let's get with his wife. Somebody say amen. Can I stop and say, if you got a problem with her, you got a problem with me. Amen, don't bypass her and go to somebody else and don't bypass her and try to go to me. If I tell you something and she told you before that, I'm gonna stand behind what she said. At least 50% of the time. Hey, that's the kind of preaching I grew up on. It's the kind of preaching we don't hear anymore. It's not dictatorship, it's leadership. But we live in a society where pastors are more interested in how many zeros are gonna be in their bank account. They're more interested in the number that's on the board. So what they do is they try to say, well, what does the people want? That's not, what, that's not the way God designed this thing. And while we're on the subject, it's not even what I want. It's what God says. Isn't that right? Brother, I'm telling you, if you, if you don't get noticed, uh, if you don't get a notification about something, don't come around and say, well, I, I didn't know anything about that. Well, just get over that. Just go on. Because sometimes I don't know. But I think the man of God ought to reserve the right to make whatever changes he needs to make for God's glory and God's good. Are y'all still with me this morning? Good, because that's a good part, amen. I'm telling you this morning, he said, preacher, why? Well, we, just, we just need some preaching that'll plow everything up. Because I need it today, folks. Unto God, don't you want to have revival? 
Brother, I'm telling you, I want to be as clean and right with God as I can be. I'm not telling you I am, but I'm trying to get there the best I can. I'm telling you, we want to have a clean church, don't we? We want to rid ourselves of all stubbornness. Don't, don't bow up on a message. Don't get mad. Get glad. Get right with God. You know I love you and I care for you. And I believe you love me and you pray for me and care for me. And I'm telling you, friend, too many times we sit in a service uh, and we just, we just dump the message over on somebody else saying, well, that's not really for me. I don't really have any of that in my life. I'm here to tell you, friend, uh, hey, listen, we all deal with stubbornness from the pulpit to the pew. The bottom line is I don't want it rising up in me. I don't want it taking control of my life. Uh, stubbornness leads to bitterness and bitterness leads to defeat, friend. There is a man today who's one of the greatest friends I ever had in the ministry that helped me more than any, as much as anybody. I watched this man preach with the power of God as much as I've seen anybody preach with the power of God. And today, he's not in the ministry. I would not be surprised if I got, and I may go to heaven before he does, but it would not surprise me if I got a call today that he had passed away. He's God's man. You know where it all started? He got stubborn. And that stubbornness led to bitterness. I was sitting one day at a table with him and he began to talk and he began to criticize other preachers. You know the funny thing about the criticism? Everything he said that I can remember about the preachers was all true. Just because it's true don't mean it should be said. And it sure don't mean it should be spread. He said, well, I told everything I said was true. I'm going to tell you something. What we say not only affects the people we're saying it to, but it affects us. As we sat there at the table, I listened for a few minutes and I was very careful because I didn't know how he would receive it. But after a while, we sat there and I said, Brother, I said, can I say something to you? He said, yes. I said, I cannot tell you the time sitting at a table like this you have helped me more times than I can ever remember. I said, but can I help you this morning? He said, sure. I said, I think you're bitter. I think you're bitter over things that you need to get right with God about. I said, I'm not telling you that I'm right in everything that I think and I've not been bitter because I have. But I said, I want to help you. Do you know I saw the stubbornness rise up? I knew at that very moment God spoke to me and said, don't say another word. I want to tell you, friend, I thank God this morning for preaching. I've sat in church many, many times and God has took the hammer of his word. And I'm telling you out of nowhere, he dropped it in my soul. And at that moment, I could do one of the two things. It's the same thing every one of us can do. It's either get right or it's to be stubborn. It's to do nothing about it. So to walk away and say, well, he don't know everything and, and you know, he's off his text and he doesn't know everything in my life and, and, and if he just knew all the situations, he wouldn't feel that way. It doesn't matter what I, how I feel or what I say. I'm gonna tell you what matters in this very moment that I'm preaching right now. You know what matters? is what every one of us does with a sermon that's being preached. I thought this sermon would go a thousand, it was with a totally different direction. Two more points, but I'll never get to them. Stubbornness destroys. 
I'm telling you this morning, I could walk up and down the aisles of this church and I could stop in places of this pew where people are sitting, but they didn't sit there at one time. Somebody else sat there. Somebody else filled those pews and they're, listen, to, because the reason that they're not here is because they wouldn't listen. They got sideways with God. They got sideways with the preacher. They got sideways with a message somewhere. So, and they thought they knew more. They thought they could plan their life and do it their way. They're not here this morning. They're gone and God filled that pew with somebody else. I want to tell you this morning, I don't want God to fill my spot with somebody else because I didn't heed the message. I'm here to tell I feel a weight in my soul this morning that if you're gonna have revival, if I'm gonna have revival, we're gonna have to have God break our hearts and break our wheels this morning. Gotta be willing to let go of some things. Take counsel from your pastor. I'll be the first one to raise my hand this morning and say I'm nothing. I don't deserve nothing and by myself I know nothing this morning, but I'm telling you, there's a fear of God that's missing in our land today. I realize for men of God to be respected, they've got to be respectable. And God help us, we got so many preachers nowadays. They're more trying, they're, they're, they're running more for a politician and popularity contests and, and I, they're more trying to be hip and cool and in with everybody. I, you know, I, I don't, I'm just gonna be who God wants me to be I, and it's the only person I can be and I don't wanna be somebody else. Uh, I'm telling you, there's people that, that they far exceeded what I'll ever be spiritually but I wanna walk with God. I wanna be what God wants me to be. Don't you wanna be what God wants you to be? Isn't there a hunger and desire in your heart to, to be closer to God today? Day. Don't you want to have a tender heart and a submissive will? Don't you want the Spirit of God to fill your life? I, I sound like a broken record these last two weeks, but I'm telling you, friend, what I'm preaching is not just a sermon. It's not something to get us through the day. It's a reality in our life. Rid yourself of the stubbornness, amen. Social media is destroyed. It has destroyed the mentality of our churches today. The brass and the bra- and it's coward. It's it's just being a coward to rant on social media is hiding behind a computer. You know I don't even read the garbage. It's just so dis- disappointing today. All the stuff people will make an issue out of something that they're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. They're going to be ashamed. It may make you feel good to go on some big rant for two or three minutes and get some cronies that will hit like on what you said. You may feel real good, but you're going to answer to God one of these days for that. It's like the things you say out of this lip. Everything you talk, it's the same with that text. Same with all that typing mess. Wasn't it quiet right now? I'm going to tell you something. I believe it grieves God's why I'm preaching on it. I think social media grieves the Holy Spirit so much. Because people go to church and they'll, uh, somebody asked me, and we do it for Jubilee for Josh Hill's sake only. Somebody, they, they were just that preacher that the people ask oftentimes, are you live? I'm not live streaming. I'm not putting it out there because you got a lot of nosy people that all they want to do is watch and see what's going on in your church. Amen and amen and amen. I wish it could be a tool for shutting people. 
I wish it could be a tool for like Josh and Melissa Hill over sleep, but it's just too much of a cost to, to put it out there week in and week out because anything that happens in your church is exploited and anything that happens in your church, people sit around, that's the world that we live in where there's no, there, there's nothing, there's not, do you realize that a pastor or a preacher, an evangelist cannot even use some of the illustrations that they used to use? Because word, this sermon will be to North Carolina before I can get there. And I thank God for podcasts. I thank God for those things as a tool. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, friend, we're living in a day. It's made pastoring. You may not even understand all of what I'm saying, but I, I want to tell you, I hope you get a hold of it this morning. It's made pastoring churches a thousand times harder in the last five years. Because it all goes back to everything I said. Growing up, I didn't question my parents. I didn't question the man of God. I didn't. They were the authority in my life. Brother, I'm telling you nowadays, you hear so much things that go on, so many things that are said. I think we would be better off if we never knew 90% of the things that we know. Amen. What I'm telling you this morning is, I'll come back tonight. I'm going to preach these other two points tonight. They're very important. I want you to do me a favor this morning. I ask you to do the very thing that God's done in my own heart this week. I'm not telling you I'm 100% there. Do inventory. Look at your life. Brother, I'm telling you this morning, I may have touched on a lot of things and Sometimes preaching you feel like is a mess, but the Holy Spirit knows who needs what this morning. Brother David Cape never had a problem all these years. Brother David, come in here with a song. If I said, Brother David, let's sing such and such, it'll be we did that this morning, matter of fact. Yes, sir, let's do that. I don't lord over Brother David. In fact, I don't even bother him about song leading unless the Lord speaks to my heart. He does a good job, doesn't he, church? But I'd hate to have a song leader I had to argue with every Sunday. Or maybe he did it, but he, he led it like a blowed up toad frog. Well, would be some joy in that, wouldn't he? I'd hate to have to try to deal with that mess. But I'm telling you, if men of God don't preach... That's where we're headed, friend. The Savior of sermons has been when I've heard messages, the Holy Spirit say, you know he's right. He's told me that just recently. You know he's right. I listened to a message last night, as I said, as I heard that man of God, he is preaching. He was hammering on some things. Well, I mean, he... Or the lady, he got down where the rubber met the road. He mentioned something, and when he did, the first knee reaction was in my flesh was, well, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. And the Holy Spirit said, you just hold on. You listen. The preacher's trying to help you. I listened to a few more minutes, and he preached. Here's what he said. He said, there ain't nothing wrong with it. He said, but you'll be holier, and you'll be happier without it. When he said that, I said, oh. He's right. There ain't nothing wrong with it. 
But you'll be holier and you'll be happier without it. I said, I see what he's saying now. You see, sometimes we're quick to cut that message off. It's what the devil wants tonight or this morning. I want to ask you this morning as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I hope you know this morning, I just tried to bear my heart to you. I really want to have revival. I want the power of God. I want to see people saved. God knows that. I want to see people saved. I don't want to see one young person wind up out on drugs or alcohol or in prison or the funeral home. I don't want to see one mom or dad go to divorce court. I really don't. I mean that this morning. I don't want to drift. I, I don't want to let something build. Maybe you're here this morning you've sat on something so long that you're, you're about to blow like an atomic bomb. Why don't you just come ask God to dump a dump truck load of grace down in your soul? Get back to where you used to be. You're so happy and free and Man, the birds were singing and the joy bells were ringing and you're just glad to be alive, glad to be saved. And Bible Baptist Church was the greatest place on planet earth and you want to tell everybody about it. You remember those days? Don't you let nothing rob you of your joy this morning. Don't, you don't have to come. I won't think nothing of you if you don't come this morning. I only want you to come to the altar if God speaks to you. But I'll tell you, if he's a knocking on your heart, you ought to not wait one verse this morning. You ought to let God do something for you. Amen. Let him help you this morning while Brother David sings. You obey God.